0: Good morning, Living Waters. This is Pastor Rob here, and uh, I am on with
1: Chris Sayer.
0: Chris Sayer this morning, and uh, we we do this podcast because we're trying to connect you to the church and help the church feel smaller. And uh, so so Chris is a super special guy at our church. Uh,
1: so I've been told.
0: <laughs> he, he is. <laughs> he absolutely is, uh, and, and a deacon yep and yep. and uh, the the church building committee the
1: the head of the new building the committee.
0: head of the new building committee. Yes. That's what they tell me as well.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it it uh, he has to do a lot that that goes with that, I'm sure. Um, and so we have Chris Sayer on this morning. And uh, you know you had to you had to make it through the snow to to come in. It
1: was uh, it was kind of brutal, Rob. Not yeah. gonna lie, uh, <laughs> I'm thankful for a snowblower and four wheel drive this morning. Uh, I I actually texted Rob and said, Hey, are we still doing this? Or you snowed in? He said, uh, Actually, I just got scooped out. Are, are you snowed in? I said, Rob, I've got a snowblower and four wheel drive. I've been up and going since eight o'clock this morning, so I've been running around town already this morning and uh, just kind of winding down for the day.
0: That's awesome yeah so were you scooping other people out today or were you
1: so I scoop myself out and then uh I build houses for a living so I uh I was on my way actually to go check some of my job sites scoop uh, sidewalks and driveways which is uh one of the, the most uh glamorous parts of my positions and um my boss actually told me dude just lay low take the day off so I was like okay so I went home and uh grabbed Cora my 11 year old and uh she wanted to shovel snow, so I had already done our driveway, so we went into the neighbor's driveway. So oh, Cora cool. said, hey, let's do Dwayne, who is my neighbor to the east. So we uh, we plowed him out and scooped his uh, walk up to his door, and uh, our good deed for the day.
0: <laughs> hey, all right. Well, Trent, he got into his two-wheel. He, he had a lesson learned here because he got into his two-wheel drive Chevy S10 Okay. after scooping out the driveway, which they did a really good job there. Okay. And then pulled out onto a Des Moines street that had not been plowed yet, which is typical <laughs> of a lot of Des Moines streets. Yep. But uh, pulls out onto the Des Moines street, and it just is, and uh, he was not moving anywhere.
1: So did you push him out, or did you make him just suffer?
0: Uh, well, I I came over and I helped push him out because a neighbor lady walked down. Oh no! And so a neighbor lady was down helping helping get him out, and so I'm like, well, I can't leave the neighbor lady alone to come help. Come help him, bail him out.
1: See, had that, had the roles been reversed, I would have made him get out and push, and I would have sat in the driver's seat as a lesson learned through a teenage oh, driver.
0: Oh, that would have been great.
1: Trent, start pushing, I'm going to drive. Yes, yep. yes.
0: Instead, what happened is Lane and I were at the rear, and he was in the driver's seat, and the neighbor, lady, uh, and so we we started rocking the truck back and yep. forth, and then we got it back up in the driveway. It was no problem because it had already been... You know, plowed out or, or scooped out by the boys, but you know, I'm like, okay, this is a good opportunity to get to know my neighbors, and so I've been living there a little over a year, and so this neighbor that had come down to help push Trent out, uh, it, maybe it was just a God time moment, Amen. so Amen. went over and I met her, and I helped her scoop out her driveway, nice. and then down the street, and another neighbor. Uh, he had said something to me, and I'm like, okay. So I came over and met him, and just had good conversations yeah. the whole time, you know, yeah. with people. And I'm like, this is really cool.
1: So what you're saying is, snowmageddon is a is a great way to bring communities together. Yes, absolutely. if you, if you're willing to shovel a little snow. Yeah,
0: yeah. If okay. you're willing to get out, and uh, I mean, I was breathing hard. I'm not, you know, I've been uh, <laughs> sitting in the office a little bit. I was breathing
1: hard. You you have packed on a few pounds since <laughs> you uh, transitioned to full time ministry, Rob. I'm not gonna lie,
0: you did. You did say to me recently, like, with my, my beard, you, you commented on my beard. Do you remember what you said? You
1: kind of let yourself go. Yeah. You kind of let yourself go once you uh, transition to full-time ministry. I mean, Rob, I don't know if you guys have seen Rob lately, but it's like Grizzly Adams sitting across the table from me right now.
0: <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, oh, hold on. A scam a scammer was calling me.
1: Oh, we should answer it. Yeah.
0: Oh, that would be kind of fun. That would on be on. fun. Let's Here, hold on. We'll just see what happens. We're gonna answer. Hello. Hello. Anybody there? Anybody there? Anybody? Oh, they must have known they, they were they on the podcast. They knew. It, it said scam likely. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, apparently nobody wanted to talk. (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes that means it's Carlisle School telling me that, like, there's a delay or a cancellation or something like that. Yeah, we don't
1: need to know anything about that.
0: (laughs) That's right, homeschooled. (laughs) That's right. You guys homeschool. We we do. Well,
1: my wife homeschools. I assist when I need. Yes. When I'm needed. Yes. Which
0: means you provide the money for the materials. Absolutely. uh,
1: I'm kind of the principal role, so I have to have the uh, disciplinary conversations with the girls and... uh, uh, which which are never fun, no. but necessary. Yep. So now we're we're blessed to be able to homeschool all of our kids. So it's uh, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, so
0: that is good. Yep, that is good. Yeah, to get out and or I mean, we did homeschooling. Uh, I think until Trent Earlis was in seventh grade okay. is when we sent him to Carlisle, and so we homeschooled um, them until that point. And uh, yeah. So
1: just just got too much for you. You didn't know how to do algebra and geometry and all that stuff. So was um, like, I'm I'm over it. I'm sending it to public school.
0: I you know we we moved into a school district that were like, hey, this is actually a halfway decent
1: school district. Amen, amen. That's the that's the struggle.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes, because we were in a rough you know, North Des Moines at that time and yep. uh, it couldn't. Yeah, they weren't exactly safe. And uh, so when we came to Carlisle, it's like, oh, hey, we can send our kids to yeah. public school now. So um so yeah so they they uh were homeschooled up to that time and i think they enjoyed it holly did a really good job i uh, yeah maybe maybe principal type stuff yep. but even holly handle i mean she, she's so good yep. she's so good with that yep. stuff so yeah but uh i mean that's probably why uh our kids are are as smart as they are as amen
1: amen it's not stuff. nothing we did nope
0: nope amen uh, so yeah, so, so thinking of snow fun and all the fun that happens when you get like a blizzard and, you know, I know it's probably as an adult, maybe you don't do as much as you did when you were a kid, but
1: uh, full disclosure, I hate the snow. Oh, you I, do? I do. Uh, as, the older I get, the more I detest snow and cold weather. So when I was a kid, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, yeah. but as I get older and, and, you know, I'm a girl dad, so I shovel the walk and I do the snow blowing. Oh. My 11 year old, like I said, got, got out and helped me today, which was, which was nice. And the girls have helped before. I'm not saying they never helped, but it's, uh, yeah. my, my circulation is not what it used to be. So I get cold a lot faster and a lot easier. And yeah. it's just like, you just want to stay in bed. Yep. Yep. So, well,
0: Hey, I know there's a bunch of guys that are trying to, uh, to get donations for the missions team. And uh, they're out scooping snow right now. I think they're knocking on people's door for donations. And they're like, "Hey, we'll scoop your." So, like four or five boys are out doing that. Good right for now. them. So yeah, yeah, good for them. I should have told you about them beforehand. You, you
1: should have. I probably would have. <laughs> probably would have been listed their services today. <laughs>
0: probably probably would have. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, so you're also the church building guy uh, here at Living Waters. We talked about that a little bit.
1: let, let, me, let me back up to snow. Yeah do you remember the first time you and i ever had an interaction i do you and you and trent and lane yes we were helping
0: scoop the snow this was like uh 2019 20, right around 2019 when yep. we got a snow yep. and uh we're scooping i didn't know you
1: right we probably said hi a couple of yeah, times but, yeah yep. we probably said hi maybe
0: yep. at church and passing and uh and lane is scooping snow lane was a lot smaller then
1: a lot smaller <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, so, and so Lane is scooping snow on the sidewalk. Chris stops his truck in the street, makes a snowball, and just nails Lane with, with the snowball.
1: I I'd never talked to Lane a day in my life, ever. <laughs> and in Lane's face, he looked at me like, who is this guy? <laughs> And then it kind of turned into a full-on snowball fight with my truck in the middle of the road. So it was it was a good time.
0: Yes, and Lane absolutely loved that. I think that was such a huge way to connect yeah. with Lane. And you guys built a friendship because yeah. of that.
1: yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, Lane and I used to wrestle every now and again. I don't know that I would uh, attempt that now because yeah. he's a lot bigger than what he was even back then. Mm. So he's a lot to push around. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. he got me on my back one day. So yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's a lot bigger than he used to. Be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh so the building committee guy yep. you're you're the guy that's kind of heading up and how long have you been doing that here at the church
1: Uh when we first went both feet in with the with the renovation the Living Waters had a building committee that that consisted of like 30 people and I think it was just kind of a uh kind of an idea thought pool you know guys were throwing out ideas can we do this can we do that you know and and Mark Black was kind of heading that up Mm -hmm. so when they transitioned into the the renovation process I had told Daggett uh I said hey if you need help on the building committee I mean it's kind of what I do um let let me know he goes actually I've got a really good idea I think I'm just gonna have you head up that committee I was like oh okay so um (laughs) So he gave me full, full, uh, full freedom to do what I wanted. And uh, so I put together a team, uh, a small team uh, of, uh, I think we had uh, at that time, I think there was five who we've, we've since gone down to four other people other than myself, uh, gifted in other areas, uh, specific areas of the church. And uh, so we, we, we meet once a month or once uh, a couple times a month if we need to, and just kind of talk about the process, where we're at, where we're at financially mm-hmm. What do we want to do now? We had this come in as a suggestion. What do we What do we think? And we we keep Mark in check with. A, he submits his bills to us, so we can all look over his bills, make sure uh, everything's on the up and up with that, and yep. just uh, so it's kind of a just kind of a collective thought process, a collective uh, group of individuals thinking through like next steps in the church building process.
0: Yeah. Wow. So it's been since you've been in that role. It's been what three two three years like yeah
1: at least two if it not if two. not closer to three yeah yep.
0: wow yep. and so you've seen it through phase one phase two yep phase three phase
1: four phase five, five. And now we're in phase six now we're There's in phase six yeah.
0: okay so we're finishing like the work is being finished on phase five right now that's right? correct yep so what what is to be done in phase five that we've already got funds for
1: Okay, so so phase five is uh, is basically our our entryway, our welcome center, the what's been dubbed as the cafe area, and just kind of the lobby area. Those those areas are pretty much so been built out. Uh, John has been working on the benches there between the cafe and the welcome center, so there's still still a little bit of uh, carpentry work that needs to be done there, um, and just kind of decor. Uh, we're gonna get tables and chairs for the cafe area. That way, people can actually go and sit and connect there. Yeah. Uh, matching tables and chairs so hey. uh which, which would be nice you know just uh just it's, it's another stop in the church building where people can just stop and yeah. connect with people which is so important mm-hmm. you know i think that we get some chairs and tables there we can do bible studies we can do counseling sessions there um and people can just stop and sit down and grab a cup of coffee and connect you know i think sometimes with with the lack of furniture mm-hmm. you're just kind of in passing all the time yeah. you know there we've got a few tables out there which are typically taken by a bunch of kids, eating yep. donuts and everything, you know. So I think that once we get to that point where we actually have that stuff in place, people will actually be able to stop and talk and just really connect with people. Yeah, that's cool. Yep.
0: Do we know, are they going to be like, when we talk about these tables that are going to be over there, are they, are they high top, low top, or, or do we know? Or I, I have no idea. Is that, is that up to the ATP?
1: uh the atp will will weigh in on that okay um atp uh, is all things pretty committee. all, all right? things pretty committee we yep. we did uh we did a subcommittee when it came to decorations and colors and and pretty things because most everybody on the we have one female on our new building committee and everybody else is a dude so we're like dude we we don't know you know we don't even pick colors at our own house <laughs> so we uh we developed a, a, a subcommittee which we've dubbed the atp the all things pretty committee and they come in and they do a really good job of yeah. what what looks good with this what can we do differently here so yeah. so the atp will will heavily influence that decision mm, cool
0: yeah yeah it's looking really good uh, i'm sure that you know people in church are already noticing i've i've heard a lot of people commenting as every little you know step gets done like people notice people see yeah. that and uh, it's really coming together i'm enjoying you know the welcome center on a sunday yeah. morning you know yep. as as we're you know, just connecting there uh, at the Welcome Center. I
1: think it added something to the flow of the building as you walked in because originally we had that just kind of island out in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of walked in, and you're like, "Do I go left or do I go right?" You know, you're like a running back. You know, do I want to talk to Rob this morning or do I not want to talk to Rob? So which side's he on? They, they got to make it around me. Yeah, yeah. So which is which is hard to do, um,
0: <laughs> unless you have someone run interference.
1: That, that's right. You know, or or you have somebody saying, "Rob, you're supposed to be talking to new people, not old people." So <laughs> that that usually puts him in check pretty quick. Um, but just just the overall flow, I, I feel like on a Sunday morning is a lot better as you come in because we've got the welcome center on the. On the north wall and it's big and huge and beautiful and countertops and it just kind of lends a space where people can kind of connect there i I always see people just kind of leaning on the counter talking to holly or rob or whoever else is back there yeah and it kind of opens up that walkway to where people kind of can move a little bit more freely in and out but it's uh people are stopping and and checking it out and they're they're looking like wow this is this is really cool yeah
0: it is it's so cool so that's uh that's the end of phase five and then we'll move on into phase six, and so what is phase phase six?
1: So phase six is our our biggest, most expensive phase out of all of them. Wow. Uh, phase six will will include the uh, the finishing of the sanctuary. So we'll have a permanent stage with lights and sound and speakers and. If, if Brandon Hebron has his way, that thing will cost us like five million dollars. Oh no! Oh no! But Brandon, um, you're not getting in your way. <laughs> I, I've told Brandon no so many times. It's it's funny. <laughs> um, so permanent stage, permanent sound booth, uh, flooring new chairs which yes. i am super excited about yes um so it'll actually comfy look infi- chairs right uh, hopefully more comfy than what they are now yes. i cannot say that they will be super comfy but they'll be more comfy all right um so just just and, and a lot of things that you don't even think about because i mean you've got wiring to to pull sound from the sound booth back up to the stage lights you know we've got uh video stuff tech stuff i mean so it's it's going to be pricey yeah also with phase five, outside of the sanctuary, we will have a permanent translation booth. Mm-hmm. So per square footage, that's probably going to be the most expensive area of the church, just because there's, yep. as, as small as it is, yeah, you want it soundproof and everything. So we'll have a permanent translation uh, booth kind of back in there where the green room area would have been. Um, and that's for our up-and-coming Spanish ministry, which I think is so important yeah. on the south side. We've got uh, Spanish-speaking people visiting every Sunday. Absolutely. And and so it's just a way for us to further reach the Spanish-speaking community. So that's uh, super important. Uh, I know the Spanish-speaking people in our church are pretty excited about that. Yeah. Uh, I don't speak Spanish, so neither, but neither do I. But I'm excited about it. Yes. I'm excited about the potential to reach Spanish-speaking people in our community. Um, so there's that, and then uh, then the exterior of the building. Um, City of Des Moines has all these rules and regulations and requirements so we got to put green space and little islands out in our parking lot and we'll have to do some parking lot repair and some lighting and a sign and hopefully a new awning so we can look less like a fairway more like living waters. Yeah. And uh and so yeah that's uh so so between those two areas sanctuary and the exterior it's definitely going to be our most expensive phase. I think uh current fundraising goal for that is 1.2 million. dollars. Yeah. So uh Which is what we bought
0: the fairway for. Yes. The yes. whole building for. The, the whole
1: building for and I think to date we've Phase yeah. one through five, I think it came into like almost one point two exactly. So it's like it's kind of crazy that everything's yeah. kinda coming in one point two increments. Wow. And I think if you would have told us uh three years ago that this, this last phase was gonna be one point two million dollars, everybody would have freaked out. Yep, they would have. But we have seen God do just just incredible things and and, and provided overly and abundantly for this renovation yeah. uh through through large donations and through people giving sacrificially, you know, yeah. for the last five years. Yeah. Towards towards the purchase and towards the renovation. So I was nervous when we gave Josh the number of one point two. <laughs> and uh <laughs> our last building, uh one of our last uh members meeting, I said, uh, how about you let me give the scope of work, you know, and then you can give the number. He's like, No, we're just gonna rip the band-aid off. I was like, Oh, all right, great. You know, he's gonna give the number, and I'm gonna get up there and have to justify the number. But just the reaction, people were like, No, oh, okay, it's one point two, you know. And yeah. I think we just we've seen God do so much yes. through our through our finances and fundraising that everybody's like Dude, that's easy. Yeah, not easy for us on a human level. Right, but super easy. Yeah, it's easy just outside it. of Des Moines. Like, yeah, we're not
0: like the, yeah. the best funded church. No, we're, we're you not. Know? You know, no.
1: we're blue collar and, and people work hard for their money. and yeah. but but people have, have given sacrificially yeah. just just because. I mean, yeah. we we see value as, as as a family, and I think we see value as a church. You know, we we have a permanent church home. Yeah, we're not looking at it as, a, as as our building. We're looking at it as, a, as as a tool to further the gospel in the Southside community.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's being used that way in a lot of yeah. ways. Like we're already, we're seeing that in the in these few years that we've yeah, just absolutely. been using the building and how God is using that. Um, you know, and not, you know, me only being part of the plant side of things, being at Riverwoods and whatever, like seeing the setup, the teardown, all of yeah. that kind of stuff. And and you don't you don't have to do that. You have a permanent place. Yep. We're not. Taking uh, students to IHCC to do student right. ministries while we have kids ministry going on at the building, like we're all in one roof, right. one place. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Right.
1: Well, and you've seen so many ministries grow just just out of us having a permanent church home because, I mean, we had we had youth, I'm sure, when we were at Riverwoods because that's when yep. we started coming uh, back in 2015. Hmm. Our kids were young enough to where they weren't going to youth crew, but they were doing like the, the the children's church during the during the yeah. morning. And just the whole process, you know, and just being a transient church there after we, after COVID and we couldn't get into Riverwoods and then from the theater to the Y and then tent church and everything else, you know, it's just, we, we've grown since then. We've grown throughout the whole thing, but like our youth group has exploded, yeah, you know, Praise and, and yeah. you know, it's just, it's exciting to see. I've got two girls in youth and our Kids for Truth ministry has exploded. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just lends, we have a permanent church home where we can actually do these ministries. Yeah. GCR Dave Newell running a running an addictions recovery meeting. It started out at Ivy. I think they yep. moved to the church they here are. now. Yeah, uh, which is which is great. Saturday mornings, you know. Yep. Um, and then we're doing like Chad does his theology classes Sunday mornings and everything. So so just the amount of ministry that's come out of us having a permanent church home mm-hmm. is is just it's really encouraging and it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, it is. That's so cool. Wow. So that's uh, that's that's your building guy here at the church, and uh, so you can. You can try to hit him up more about uh, specifics of the building. I'm not sure. With Chris, you always have you always run the risk, which is, it's a good risk because I love it. If you like sarcasm, like Chris is one of the quickest, sarca- most sarcastic people.
1: That I, we I have no to. idea what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's yeah. my love language.
0: It is his love language. It is. Yeah. If he's not being sarcastic with you, then you, you got to wonder what's going on. Uh, <laughs> uh, so... Okay. So Chris, you've got your story. Uh you're a believer. What give us the like the the eight minute version. Oh man. Oh uh, <laughs> give the eight minute version. You gotta see if you can wrap it into eight minutes.
1: The, the Cliff Notes version. Maybe nine. Maybe we can stretch it to okay. nine. I, I, I can be quick. Okay. Um, I, I can be pretty quick. Um God's good. Yeah. We're done. That's that's my story. <laughs> Amen. Um so i i grew up in in jefferson iowa it's about an hour northwest of Moines, a little tiny town uh probably 4500 people graduated in 1996 with a class of 96 people which is kind of cool um i went to church with my grandma every sunday uh grandma frida used to pull in in this uh 1980s uh ford crown vic and pick my sisters and myself up and all of our cousins and we'd cram into this car and we would go to this little tiny baptist church and uh i, I went there for years you know i was uh baptized there in 1989 and everything you know and that's where i further understood and, and heard the gospel um mom didn't go to church wasn't really allowed to um my dad was an alcoholic drug addict and uh was was a biker hmm. so mom had to stay pretty close to the home to kind of appease him and then um when i was 14 my mom and dad split up and uh and my life kind of flipped upside down and i started using hmm. um hated my dad uh hated him but i kind of became my dad hmm. Uh, started experimenting with marijuana, which led uh, to harder drugs, and I uh, started using meth. And I was an actively actively using meth addict from 14 to 32, mm-hmm. um, so 18 years. Um, no real relationships. I mean, I was still going to church. I was I was leading youth groups while high. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got involved in, a, in an Assembly God Church and was still going and serving and, yeah. and leading. And thought I had everybody fooled, mm-hmm. but I didn't have God fooled, of mm-hmm. course. Amen. And um, so. We'll, well, fast forward, run-ins with the law. You know, I was looking at one point in time at 40 years in prison. By wow. the grace of God, uh, got put on probation. Hmm. Took myself off of probation, just stopped going to meet my probation officer, got arrested. Was looking at 10 years in prison. Uh, by the grace of God, the judge was like, yeah, we're just going to discharge you off of uh, probation today. Uh, you've, you've changed your life around. A little Did he know I was still using. Hmm. Um, and then when I was 32, I found out I was going to be a dad. Hmm. and And so... Kind of self-reflection, you know, it's like, man, I've got I to gotta break this cycle that I've been living in for 18 years. Um, and that's what it took. So I tried quitting on my own. Uh, I tried tried getting sober. I'd string together a week, 10 days, a month or two here or there, and just, just could never get over that hump. Mm-hmm. And um, so Titus was was born uh, October 30th of 2000 and uh, 2009. And, uh, and I ended up checking myself into treatment, uh, December 28th of 2009. I, I kind of gotten to a point where I knew that I needed more than just me trying to do it on my own. And at that time I, I hit my knees, you know, and then you could have said it was a foxhole prayer, you know, Lord, let me, let me get through this. And I, I promise I'll serve you or whatever. But I, but at that time I did what I, what I like to call my, my two step process. You know, you, you hear twelve step programs for NA and AA and everything, which are which are great and they work for people and hey, okay. he's got a lot of success, you know. But uh, I've always been one to tell you, there's there's two steps that you need. You don't need twelve. You need two. And that was uh, true repentance yeah. and total and complete surrender. Amen. And that's what I did on December 28, two thousand nine. I just celebrated fourteen years of sobriety. Oh, praise God. Um, wow. So for, and it hasn't always been easy, you know, uh, 14 years of sobriety, uh, my, my want my need and my desire to use was gone instantly. Mm. Uh, I've, I've never looked back. Yeah. Um, and my life has been drastically different from that point on. Um, started dating my wife probably a month and a half out of treatment. Um, she, uh, accidentally answered her phone when I called her and, and uh, <laughs> which she never did she never answers numbers that she doesn't know but she accidentally i think it was a it was a god you know intervening said you got to answer this because we've been together ever since so mm-hmm. liz and i've been married for 12 years uh we've got four girls uh maya is 15 uh, i adopted her probably eight years ago uh she was liz's from a previous relationship and liz and i have three girls together we've got uh, cora who's 11 georgia who's just turned seven and ida who's two and uh just just really haven't looked back, you know, yeah. um, You know, got involved in a church and, and allowed guys to, to speak into my life and to hold me accountable and just really had to take that sense of pride yeah. that, that I could do it on my own and just chuck that thing right out the window wow. and just say, you know, you've got to allow guys to hold you accountable and call you on your crap, which which isn't easy for guys to do because yeah. we like to think that we have it all figured out. You know, uh, a good friend of mine told me once, he said uh, – Chris, you can say anything to anybody, regardless of how how bad or how how blunt or how brash it might seem, as long as that person knows that you truly love yeah. them. Yeah. And that guy's still one of my best friends to this day. You know, yeah. I've, I've known him for 30 years, wow. you know, and um, so, and, and, and realizing that there's value in that. Mm. And so we moved to Des Moines in uh, 2014, got involved in Living Waters in 2015 uh, and, I've been here ever since, you know, mm-hmm. and, and still to this day, I, I, surround myself with people who I would allow to speak into my life and to encourage me and to hold me accountable. You know, uh, discipleship groups have been huge for me. Small groups have been huge for me and just, uh, just being real with people, which yeah. is hard for guys to do sometimes, yeah. you know, cause I, I still have that air of pride, you know, that I've got mm-hmm. everything together and I'm, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And being able to go to, to, to a guy or a brother and say, you know, I'm, I'm not okay. I'm struggling here. Yeah. And that's that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And uh, so that was the thirty thousand foot overview of of my story. And uh, yeah. if anybody listens wants to hear my full story, I'd, I'd be happy to share it.
0: It's really good. I, I love love hearing Chris's story. And I love like part of one of the drawing things in like after we started coming to Living Waters and meeting Chris, like me being a cop and meeting Chris and going, hey, here's a guy who like has seen victory over. Addiction, Amen. and uh, and and it's only through Christ. Like yep. so many times, as a as a cop, you know, I would see, and people want they want to be done with it. Like so many people yep. would express Everybody. that and you can tell it, they yep. want to be done, but they're so hooked into uh, the drug, whatever it is, and uh, and then but to see people uh, at Living Waters who are who have been there, mm-hmm. we, full on into addiction, but Jesus is just broken that those chains Amen. and
1: uh that's so cool well we can you can choose to be a victim or you can choose to have victory over sin yeah. you know and um we know that that through christ is the only way that we get victory over our sin yeah. and just realizing that addiction is it's it's a heart condition it's a sin issue mm. and until people can can understand that and grasp that it's just like dude i'm, I'm trying to fill this void in my heart with something that's that's not christ mm. and once they realize that and they have that light bulb moment it's like oh that's, that's what you guys have been trying to tell me the whole time. And, and some guys are ready and some guys aren't, you know, and that's why I, I tell everybody, you know, there's there's two steps. Yeah. Those two steps are all you need to do, but but you have to be serious about those steps. Mm. True repentance is hard, you know, and, and and for a guy, total and complete surrender is, is probably one of the most difficult things you can ever do in yeah. your life.
0: Yeah. Wow. Total and complete surrender to God. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's such a powerful story. And, uh, yeah, I wish we could have... Maybe I should have just started out the whole thing and said, "Hey, Chris, yeah. you got a half an hour? Give us do, oh, well, do the whole story." I, so. I can
1: come back anytime. I mean, yeah. I, you were brave enough to put a microphone in my hand today, so which <laughs> which went well, I think. It is going well. <laughs> yes, I
0: love this. Uh, yeah, you're definitely. Uh, we're hopefully uh, hopefully we definitely can have you back on again. And yeah. since we're winding down on our time, thanks for st- sharing your story. Um, and uh, we're winding down on our time, thinking about church life things that are coming up here. Yeah. Uh, at Living Waters, uh, we've got baptisms this Sunday. Uh, I, lo- I
1: love baptisms, Sunday. I, I do too. I, I love them.
0: I love hearing people's yeah. stories, and and uh, yeah, and it's good for the church too. Like just to see people taking steps of obedience, you know. Yep. Um, because whether you're a believer, you've been a believer for a long time, you're you're still seeing somebody else obey God, yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, and it's good and it's helpful to see yeah. that.
1: Well, I think it's refreshing for people who've been believers for, for a long time to to hear testimonies of, of potentially relatively new believer. Yeah. And it kind of sparks something. It's like, you know, I used to be that—I used to have that zeal back mm. 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So I think it's—God uses it on both sides, you know. Yeah. He uses it to encourage the new believer and yes. who's stepping out in obedience, and He uses it to encourage the old believer, too.
0: Yes. Yeah, He does. That's good. Uh, so, yeah, we have baptisms coming up, and then a uh, counseling conference, of course. I know uh, Biddle has been hitting it hard, uh, getting attendees, that yep. sort of thing. I, I know we have over 100 yep. uh, that are signed up to come. And I got
1: my reminder to sign up the other day. Hey, all right. And I'm sure you'll,
0: <laughs> yeah, you'll yep. sign up, and I'm sure there's probably a handful of other people that are like, oh, yeah, I've, I'm going to go. I just haven't hit the buttons on Church Center app yet. Yep. And, uh, and then we've got child dedication. Uh, that's on January 21st. Yep. And then we have a student lock-in, yeah, on January 26th.
1: You are a saint, my friend. <laughs>
0: uh, we're going to be running on Jesus and Red Bull to make hey, it through amen. that night. So uh, it's, it'll be a lot of fun. We've got Andrew Bush from Sailorville coming in to preach. Okay. Uh, and then w- we've sat down with this, this group of uh, leaders, and we've hammered hammered out a good plan. And I think, you know, we're praying that, that God will use it, that it'll be good, and that, you know, we get people from the community and in the church and, and, uh, yeah, that God just uses it the ways that that he wants to in kids' lives. And so, amen. yeah, we're excited about that. Uh, there's also a Valentine's day that the mission, the, the student missions trip team is going to be, uh, watching kids. So if you want to take your wife out on a Valentine's day date.
1: Yes, guys, take your wives out. Even if it's not Valentine's day, take your wives out. So important. Yeah. It absolutely but is. take them out on Valentine's Day. Support your uh, youth group missions.
0: Yeah, drop up, drop the kids off here at the church, and yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, hop them up on sugar first before you drop them off.
0: Absolutely,
1: Sayers going to be helping us.
0: Uh, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I'm going
1: to be out uh, with my wife. That's right, you are.
0: Uh, so yeah, Valentine's Day, um, and then and then shout outs to close us here. So uh, you got any shout outs? Anybody that's on your mind, on your heart?
1: I I do. You know, uh, the the whole building thing is just it's amazing, but it would not be where it's at without the help of John Jesky. Mm. John Jesky is one of our pastors here. Um, yeah. He's kind of the building manager, but but that guy works a full-time job yeah. and then comes here and works on our our projects here too, and he does it at a discounted rate to save the church some money, and, and he's just super skilled and yeah, just um, just does a great job. And uh, so, so shout-out to John for yes, all the extra work John. at the church, uh, yeah. managing the building, all the extra other physical labor, and then Mark Black, who's our general contractor, remodelers, contractors, uh, Mark has done a really good job of keeping this thing in check as far as budget goes and just moving forward and just making sure that we're, we're all up to date with, with everything going on. So, so Mark and John are rock stars of the whole renovation process. Yeah.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. love those guys. Uh, certainly shout outs for each one of those guys. And, uh, all the people, I'm going to say, how much do you love coffee on a Sunday morning?
1: I love coffee. It's it's not a complete Sunday morning without a good cup of coffee. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and we've got a, a team on Sunday morning that, that puts all the coffee together, gets it all ready, and so uh, just thankful for the people that are that are serving in the background, like the whole coffee ministry. And it's,
1: and it's good coffee. It's not just Folgers anymore. That's right. It's uh it's locally roasted coffee beans. It Mi is. Cortisone yeah what is it more Cor- me Corazon so yes. it's yeah. up
0: in Valley Junction yep Yeah. Yep. so uh, anyway thanks for listening in uh, we're, we're glad you got to listen in and uh, Chris thanks for being on the podcast thanks today. for having me bro. Uh, and and uh,